0: Welcome to episode 15 of the show. Um, here with me as always, Kayla, KB, Elena. Uh, my name is Eli. Uh, we have a wonderful show for you tonight, or this evening, or today, whenever you're listening. Um, <laughs> we get to interview the legendary D. Wallace, and um, wonderful conversation was had, and uh, we can't wait to share that, so... Uh, we're going to jump into, we didn't really have a lot of new stuff. Um, this, you know, has anybody seen The Strangers yet?
1: Not, Not yet. yet, I'm dying to. No. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've heard interesting things about it. Yeah. Kind of uh all big range of feedback on that movie. So I'm really curious yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I've been out of town and I'm going out of town tomorrow. So I just haven't really had a chance for movies, which, you know, isn't great for a horror podcast to not have seen <laughs> right? like but, And you
3: know, me as usual, I work too much, so I, uh, I never have time to do anything fun. No.
2: But we all watched Veronica, right? That was kind of yeah. the thing. Yeah. Like yeah. a week ago. Yeah. I feel like it's been, it's like a week ago, that was like the the thing on horror Twitter. Yeah. And- Let me tell you
3: that whoever said that that was the scariest movie of the year is a pussy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just going to say the full word because that movie was not scary. It was a great movie. I'm not saying it was a bad movie because I actually really enjoyed it, but it was not in the least bit
2: scary. It was spooky. It was spooky. And the acting was amazing. Like everything was great. Um, I just, yeah, I felt creeped out enough. It was atmospheric enough for me to <laughs> feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But
4: Kayla, Kayla already knows how scared I got. I was <laughs> covering my face. I'm just scared of the exorcism. Are you serious? Me. Yes.
2: You were girl. scared.
4: <laughs>
5: and you, <laughs>
2: my friend. I know. You were... You were adorable though. It was very so cute. I can't believe that you got scared. <laughs> I, know, I know. Oh,
3: you weenie! <laughs> I am. I am you are such a weenie. Yeah, I
4: can't it believe true. it. I, I, told, I told Ben to t- turn it off two or three times, and he kept. Oh me. my like, god! Stop it! <laughs> I know. Oh.
3: You are so funny. <laughs> I'm never gonna let you live
2: that down. <laughs> I can't god believe that. God, no. Oh my gosh! So so cute though. You're adorable. <laughs> uh,
1: I couldn't sleep. Oh my god!
4: Oh my god! No. <laughs> oh, no it. it's just the devil movies that get me. Mm. Oh, I love them. Those are my favorite. <laughs> we all
3: know I love Satan.
4: So <laughs> Satan.
2: Satan and demons and stuff. <laughs> yep, that's you know that's my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, my old roommate was so scared of those. He couldn't even handle like me watching them in the house at all. He'd be like, I could hear it. I didn't get too scared. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good.
0: Well, that's pretty funny.
2: Eli, what
3: did you think of the movie?
0: Um, I thought um pretty much what you said. Uh you know, I thought it was well made. Um, it was very um atmospheric, I guess. And, um, I want a, I want a damn movie about with the, with that nun, like she was awesome.
2: Oh, she the was yes. Yeah. She was great. I'd love so. to hang out with her in the basement. Just like smoke cigarettes <laughs> together. And, she, right. and Just shoot the shit all day. It would be awesome. <laughs> just
0: just rip cigs, awesome. you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, um, it was kind of a it was almost like a dare, you know, when it when the headline was like scariest movie or, or people can't finish watching it. I was like, Let me fucking see this movie. Hang on. <laughs> and um yeah, I I was not. Which, you know, kinda of reminded me of uh It Comes at Night, which we keep going back to. Definitely well made, you know, more of a suspense, I guess, but I was like not scared at all. So, um, you know, but, you know, again, I think we mentioned it on one of the other shows, you know, it's awesome that we're getting this quality of horror on, on Netflix just for flight free. You know, they just pop up and, you know, oh, look at that. So, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was it was, it was pretty good. Um, I've got, I watched uh, Dead Body the other night, which is on uh, Shutter, and it's, um, I think it was made in like 2015 or 2016, but I think it came out. Either last year or this year, or you know, recently, it's still kind of a newer movie, and it was pretty mm-hmm. well done. It wasn't um, wasn't overly scary, but it was pretty pretty decent. Um, uh, oh, uh, hang on, I'm gonna have to pull it up. Hang on.
3: Oh, you had it, and then you lost I it. I did.
0: It was right there.
3: <laughs> it was right there. Like, I could even hear that it was right there. Uh, and It just went away as quick as it came. <laughs> I,
0: just keep, I just keep thinking, yes, 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 yes. yes oh, yes, shut up. up. Uh, oh, listen, yeah.
3: for, for our listeners, yeah. which probably involves the team at Blue Barn Cage and kick out It too. Daniel Bryan came back tonight. Uh, this is a very important, uh, very important uh, situation. And mainly because in like two weeks, me and Eli are going to New Orleans for WrestleMania.
4: Uh,
3: but cool thing is, is wait, do we do we want to go ahead and announce what we're doing? Uh, we're doing next month.
0: Um, oh, yeah. J- yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, go for it. And uh, then I'll tie that back to my, uh, to my wrestling conversation because this does have an end.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so we are um, – hopefully this is going to be a monthly thing um, if we can get everyone's schedule, um, you know, at least one weekend a month where we're all free. Um, oh,
3: shoot. Y'all might have to wait on me then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but um, Full Moon Theater, which is in the Nashville area. It's a little bit outside of Nashville. Um, they do the Full Moon – um horror and tattoo festival every October and they have uh the Slaughterhouse uh Haunted House is on the on the same in the same building. Uh Full Moon Tattoos is in there and then they have the Full Moon Theater and they show just all of the stuff we talk about, all the classic stuff. Um they show every Monday. No, sorry. Sat Friday and Saturday, sorry. Um and they do you can just buy a ticket or you can also buy a ticket in a movie. And they do everything from like, you know, a couple weeks ago they had lasagna and salad and just, you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty cool deal. Um, but we will be hosting, um, uh, it's going to be called Music City Hard Presents, and we'll be hosting a, a movie. And we're going to be at the show, and we'll be talking before the movie, just talking about, um, I don't know, we haven't got that far yet, but we'll be talking about the movie uh, probably know, what we love about it. Maybe some, Elena may do some facts about it. You know, we'll just talk about different stuff. Um, we're going to try to have a, uh, like a limited edition poster, um, at each showing, um, kind of like Mondo does with Alamo Drafthouse, and it'll be kind of a an alternate version of the poster, and it'll be some, you know, maybe something you hadn't seen before, a key scene in the movie, or something like that, and we'll do, you know, we'll have a small run of those, maybe 30, um, and, you know, if you come to the Viewing you, you'll be you be able to grab them and whatever we have left over we'll sell on the website or whatever. Um, so yeah, so the first, um, but yeah, we're we're excited to be doing that with Full Moon um, uh, Theater. Uh, ben and Stacy, they're the owners. Ben is one of the tattoo artists and kind of runs the theater, and Stacy is his wife. She does uh, Slaughterhouse. Uh, we're actually going to have them on the show between now and then to talk about. Um, all Things Horror, you know, related to Slaughterhouse, how they got started with that, um, the theater, the convention they do once a year. Um, so that'll be on one of the shows coming up soon. Um, but the first movie we are doing is, uh, um, fittingly, on Friday the 13th, we are doing the original Friday the 13th. Um, and the big thing that I'm hoping we can kind of do and when we come up with these movies together is you know just pick these movies that you have maybe haven't seen on the big screen before um and there's tons you know from the 70s and 80s and even i'd say into the 90s that you know we may not have been able to see because we were too young and it would just be awesome to see you know whatever on the big screen so um so yeah so that's going to be the first one's april 13th and hopefully if we draw enough people that'll be an ongoing thing. So, yeah, so look out for that. We'll have more info soon and um full moon we'll have some stuff posted too, so
3: Tying that back to my conversation, just so you guys didn't don't think that I went on a weird tangent. um uh, our, our I always think
0: you're on a weird tangent. True.
3: Um that's besides the point. Um, I'm trying to be better about this and I need you to let me live. Okay. So our friends from kick out at two and Southern underground pro will actually be in attendance. What's up, Jesse? What's up, Brittany? Uh, there are wrestling friends. Um, and actually I'd love to have one of them on the show. We've got some fellow podcasters we might have hosts. So, Look out for that in the future, but yeah, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. I um, I need to buy me a nice Friday the th- the thirteenth shirt to wear. Yes,
4: you know,
3: excuse yes. to 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 buy a new outfit, looks snazzy for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> picky,
0: nice piggybacking on that. Um, speaking of um, full moon. Um, this, well. By the time this airs, it'll be over, so never mind.
2: <laughs> um, well, you can mention it anyway. I don't think it will. It'll
0: be. It'll still yeah, be fun. I'll um, if you're listening to this, this will have happened last night. So I'll post something about it on our website so you can see that we we did mention it. Um, but anyways, uh, there are Showing the uh, the premiere in the Nashville area of Death House, which we've talked about before. Michael Berryman's on it. Um, our tonight's guest, uh, Dee Wallace, is in it. Kane Hodder. Um, kind of the Expendables of Horror, um, which we've been excited about for months. Um, we'll be in Nashville at the Full Moon Theater. Um, Mr. Kane Hodder will be in attendance at that showing. So that is a, a big get for the area and the community. And that's so, tomorrow? That's Thursday
1: night.
3: Oh,
2: who are mm-hmm. you going about? that?
4: I wish. I think I, I
0: think
2: I might. I have to make sure I don't have anything going on, but I think that I might. So I'll send out if you, a text. If yeah. yeah, if if you go, I actually might go with you. Nice,
0: Woo-hoo! that'd be good to get two people ripping. I will be in St. Louis mm-hmm. at a Halloween trade show, so I will not oh, be there. Oh fun. Yeah. fun!
2: Already planning for Halloween.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They the, 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 all year round. The first. Yeah. date of that. I was at a trade show in Florida, and then they move it, and now I'm at a trade show in St. Louis. So I'm just not going to be able to see that. That doesn't look like (laughs) it. So yeah, that makes me jealous that y'all are going. Well, maybe if we send... I was thinking if we sent all the girls, you know, all three of you, maybe y'all could sweet talk Kane into being on the show. (laughs) At least if you're going, you know, maybe we can... Just c- come on dude. What what is it going to take for you to get on our show?
3: If I don't <laughs> if I don't have anything planned, I will me and me and Kayla um can go rep the crew.
4: Yeah. That'd be awesome.
3: Nice. I'm sure Kayla would be, you know, if she goes without me, I'm sure she'll do it anyway. So either way, it's
2: probably going to get done. <laughs>
5: probably. Gonna
2: get I, try done. To, I try to rep pretty much decently. Right? Just by my very being, I try right? to represent. Yeah. Yeah, Take some
4: stickers with you and accidentally <laughs> drop them all everywhere. Like, whoop. <laughs> right.
2: right. Oh, wow. Oh, Music City 4. What's,
4: yeah. What's this? What's I tell you.
3: Oh gosh! Nice. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, we it'll be exciting. Any, yeah. Did we have anything to talk about tonight?
0: Um. Oh, I found it. It's called The Witching Hour. Um. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm sorry, Witching Season. I've been getting this wrong every ever since I found out about it. Um. But it's a bunch of uh little. Well, I don't know if it's supposed to be a. A quasi tv show or it's just a bunch of little short films but um i've seen probably six or seven of them so far and um like the intro alone is worth the viewing it it looks like it's in the same it looks like they were filming the same time john carpenter was filming halloween like it looks just like that like mm. like you know uh, golden leaves it's a little there's some fog in it um halloween decorations i mean it's 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 just pitch perfect just the intro alone it's got the kind of the synth uh intro um but there's been some um pretty decent ones there's been a few that have been kind of you know hit or miss kind of yawners but you know again it's it's a uh, it's 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 on Amazon Prime for free or if you have if you're a Prime member of course so um, that's worth the that's worth the look and then cool um, I was gonna watch Dead Shack which is a new one on Shutter which is um, a couple of my buddies have seen it they recommend it pretty well so um I didn't watch it though so I can't really report on it so yeah <laughs> um I think that's it we're kind of um. I think we're all excited for the interview. We kind of skipped some stuff. So we didn't have our facts of the week this week. And we didn't really dive into the new stuff. Um, I don't really remember. I've already seen some of the stuff that's coming in April, which I think we'll, we can address that later. So, mm. um, yeah. So I guess if y'all are ready, we're just going to go straight to the interview.
2: Heck, yes. Sounds,
3: Sounds amazing. amazing. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm sure everybody listening is like, God, shut the fuck up. Let me listen to her.
5: Because <laughs> yeah. she
4: is,
3: she's worth the wait, y'all. Mm. Come on. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's like, I couldn't have asked for more. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. She's awesome.
0: Yeah. So after this, we will be back with um, our interview with Dee Wallace. <laughs> Right, so we are very excited. Um, We've been waiting on this for a while. (laughs) Um, Very excited to have a special guest with us today. Um, You know, I'm not saying this because she's right here, but she really needs no introduction. I mean, she's done film, she's done television. Um, You've probably seen her in more things than you can remember. But, anyways, today we have the lovely uh, Dee Wallace joining us. Thank you for joining us today.
1: So nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Um, So we've kind of, uh, you know, tried to do a a Greatest Hits kind of interview, you know, beginning, middle, end. So um, the first one always starts off like a softball. You know, how did you get started in the business? Um, Did you always want to be an actress? Um, And I just I, you know, started with Wikipedia and went to other sites and stuff, but uh, it actually said you taught drama for a while before you got your start, if that's correct, kind of explain that, so starting off with a little softball question.
1: Well, I I actually was a teacher first, uh, and I did teach um, drama and English in English in ninth grade,
2: Yay, I used um, to be a teacher
1: too, yay! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, used, to be, I used to
3: be a theater student, so that's very <laughs> near to my heart.
1: Well, six degrees of separation with all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I moved to New York out of Kansas. I'd never been out of Kansas before. And uh, moved to New York to follow my fame and fortune and was there for two years. And uh, then came out to LA. Uh, from the time I left Kansas until I started in ET uh, was just a little over uh, five years. So it was wow. it was kind of a crazy, naive ride. I I owe it a lot to naivete and just you know thinking I could go out and have a lot of fun and do this, mm-hmm. and so I did. And um, And um, so, I, actually, my my first teacher um, growing up was my mom. She was a a really beautiful actress in uh, local theater in Kansas City. And she made sure that we all got what they used to call elocution lessons. Mm -hmm. And um, my brothers and I would uh, learn readings, which we call monologues now. And would go out and perform around town and and so she kind of groomed us in the business um pretty early but i I remember watching her do this big presentation in church, and I was around eight years old, and I thought, "Wow, I want to do this because my my she she moved so many people in the congregation, and I thought, i want to do this you know so that was really the the beginning of the bug and then I went to New York and then I came to LA and the rest is kind of history. But I, you know, you shot me three questions, so I'm not sure I answered them all there.
0: I think that was, I I think that was good. Yeah. I think you covered all
3: of them. I like that. It was kind of a life changing moment for you. That's, that's really cool. I mean, you, you see, you have this epiphany. It's like, Oh, this is how, this is how I want to live my life.
1: Well, and, you know, I think really you're kind of born into it. I knew my daughter was going to dance and be in the arts when she was still in my belly. I Mm -hmm. have a sonogram of her kicking and stretching. And, you know, every night of her life, it was, Mommy, look at this skit. Mommy, look at this song. Mommy, look at this dance. (laughs) You So I I think we're just kind of... You know, if you have it in your blood and in your cellular and spiritual nature, it's just something you have to follow. And, um, and hopefully when you follow it, it's good to you like it's been to me. That's,
3: that's, a, that's such an uplifting answer. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard work, but if it's rewarding, that's really the best feeling. So that was, that was like the most beautiful opening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it has. The, the business has been very good to me. Good. And the people in the business for the most part, you know, there's jerks everywhere. Of course. But for the most part, um, it's it's been a happy life uh, for me. And, um, and a pretty consistent life, actually.
3: Well, um, I mean, speaking of, we, we talked to one of your... Uh, your good friends, Michael Berryman about the Hills have eyes. And we had a fantastic conversation with him. What a wonderful human being. I'm sure he's one of the great people that you've met Oh in, yeah. in the span and of your career.
1: Funny. Michael oh. and I are friends and we see each other on the, the convention circuit. And Oh, I'm sure he's, he's a kind, very intelligent, um, pretty spiritual guy. So we have a lot in common.
3: He was absolutely just wonderful to us. We were very thankful to be able to, wasn't he our first interview? I think he he was. was. Yeah. 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 So we kind of, you know, really had a great start. (laughs) And and we were kind of really early into this whole podcast thing. We're still figuring it out. But we, it was, he was great. He's very patient with us. Michael, if you're listening, thank you for everything. (laughs) So this is this is a beautiful. Now, really,
1: what did he have to be patient? Why you guys seem like
3: just us making sure that we're getting everything right (laughs) and (laughs) so so, you know so. Kind of amateurs, yeah. Just making sure that, <laughs> that
0: when we push record, it's actually recording, and we don't waste an hour of everyone's. Well, tomorrow. that I
1: can identify yeah. with right. you <laughs> the technical side is you yeah, know. technology. <laughs> but otherwise, you just have to kind of be yourself and absolutely and ask what you're interested in, and you know, be real.
3: Well, on the topic of Michael, um, how was the hills have eyes? Working with Wes Wes Craven, I can't even say his name. Um, That's me being an amateur. Um, How did you feel about the remake? Just talk about the franchise a little bit and how
1: how that experience was. Um, Well, it was hard. Um, You had the entire cast. I mean, we're talking low budget. (laughs) Um, You had the entire cast in one trailer, and the bathroom broke about halfway through. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it was way far away from L.A. Uh, so it was, you know, it was challenging. But back then, my God, it was a movie and you got a part in a movie. and So you didn't really, you know, you dealt with, with all the hardships because you have a part in a movie. And we <laughs> were all starting out pretty much. And, and um, you know, working with Wes, Wes, was a beautiful gentle soul um talking about teaching you know he was a college professor and um he he was quiet and knew what he wanted and had this amazing vision for this who knew it would become a cult classic Right, mm-hmm. and working with with Michael and uh, all the actors. I mean, we really bonded together and came together and helped each other get through. And you know, it, it was kind of that let's put on a show kind of uh, thing. <laughs> and and then here we are, what forty years later, thirty years later, and it's we're still talking about it. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And that, well, don't your, never, I
3: don't think that that one will ever not be talked about.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it really has become a cult classic. And if I do say so myself, so much better than the remake. Oh, I, I will. Agree. Uh, I will raise that <laughs> We all agree. That? <laughs> but, you know, things change. Things, mm-hmm. Times change and tastes change. And. And so, so many of the times they think, well, we'll take a good old horror film, and turn it into a slasher film and update it, and but that's not what the fans want. You know, the fans want the real old stuff mm-hmm. that that really honors the genre. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think that's you know, I think that's why Rob Zombie's been so successful. You know, he he kind of. Uh, um, he's doing something original, but it's kind of, you know, harkers that that uh, era of the '70s and '80s, that Grindhouse, and, and you know that kind of the golden era of, of the of the genre.
1: Yeah, I agree, and uh, you will not, you will not be disappointed in Three from Hell. Oh sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't say much more than that, but it's uh, yeah.
3: I get, I get Sorry. chill bumps every time it's even mentioned. I just, I, <laughs> if you get me started, I won't stop. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we will talk well, about Well, I, I wish to I talk could, later too. <laughs> you know, I wish I could uh, give you some heads up about it, but I'm on an NDA, guys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay,
3: I, and I like being surprised. I don't like spoilers. So this is, I want to go in completely blind. I may not even see the trailer.
0: Yeah, and maybe maybe well, next year when it's out, we'll get you back on and you can talk about it in, in more in depth.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of movies that have already come out, um, we looked back to at the Howling, which was your next big hit after the Hills Have, ha- have Eyes. Um, what was it like working well, on the Howling?
1: Actually, there was a little movie called Ten. In between there with Bo Derrick and, and Dudley Moore. Right. Oh,
2: that movie's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Which
1: was a, a, a little diamond of a part for me. Mm. Um, but the Howling, I, you know, I went in, I'd done a lot of TV, and so I was on the radar, and um, they had me come in and audition. And I got the part. And um, and then the, the executive producer, Dan Blatt, who I adored, um, called me and said, uh, you know, we've got a really good cast assembled for you, d, but we can't find the guy to play your husband. And I said, well, exactly what are you looking for? And he described it, and I'm going, oh, my God. I'm engaged to the guy. (laughs) But of course, I didn't say that. I said, you know, there's this guy I did chips with, Christopher Smith or Stone. I know it started with an S. So they went out and they found him on their own. Oh, I love it. And uh, he went in and auditioned and got the part. And a couple of days later, Dan, uh, the phone rings and I pick it up and it's Dan Blatt. And he says and I said yeah and he said I'm sorry I must have dialed the wrong number you know that that actor you suggested we, we really liked him and we hired him and I said no you, you called the right number and oh. long pause And all I hear is, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's so And I said, oh, just, you know, Dan, you know, you'll only have to get one trailer, not two. (laughs) That's right. Right, exactly. Right, we're saving um, you
3: money. Right.
1: So we we had a really good, you know, again, it was was a love effort uh, doing that movie. But uh, Dan... Put together so many, so many talented uh, people, and um, you know Joe Dante and and um, the DP on the Bond and no Jan no 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 Jan was on Cujo sorry (laughs) because Dan did both of them so sometimes I get the people a little bit you know confused after (laughs) all these years, but um. Yeah, we, we, I remember that, that the budget was so, um, limited that Chris and I would go out and buy honey baked hams and stuff, um, so we could put them on the craft service table for the crew, you know, because it was, you know, it was tight. Mm-hmm. And and they were putting a lot of the money in on, you know, the acting and the and the different locations that we were on. So mm-hmm. but really great memories of doing the okay. howling.
4: Well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So if you're listening and haven't seen this movie, turn it off now. <laughs> but I did want to know, Dee, how was it? transforming into a werewolf <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know it was uh, pretty easy didn't particularly <laughs> like the hair they put on my face but, uh, the um the contacts were you know pretty easy to work with but we we got to that very last scene and and joe said oh you know we'll we'll We'll, when we do ADR, we'll, we'll put in the screen. We'll get, I said, well, God, give me a shot at it. (laughs) So he, he let me do it. And they actually used my screen. They just echo it. They echo it several times. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Well, that's another one that's. You know, uh, I don't even know how many there are in that series now, like eight or nine of, of that. So you were again and in, uh, involved in a successful, you know, franchise. So.
1: Yes, and again, the first one she says humbly is always the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's, kind of,
0: it's kind of funny absolutely. how that usually holds true. So it's, it's
4: yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess we're gonna. You know, hit it with the big one this time with E.T. Talk about that and how you got the role of Mary and or how that role came
1: about. Or um. Well, you know, I went in and auditioned for a movie that Stephen did prior to that called Used Cars. Mm, And um, I didn't get it. Fortunately, he saved me for the big one. (laughs) And, Mm. um, you know, he worked so far ahead. Uh, on things that he he already had et in mind, and they had already started developing it, and uh, and so he went, wow. He he was looking. He wanted everybody in the film to be childlike until the bad guys came in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he just thought I reeked of vulnerability, which is true. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so he. When they got to E T they just called and offered it to me. Another Hollywood story in the life of D. Wallace. Yeah. You know? I love I love it. <laughs> and
0: and that one in particular, you know, watching it as a kid and then watching it as, you know, as an adult. Um, you know, it's two different stories really because I you know, I'm dating myself too. I saw that movie at the drive in. Um and um Bawled my eyes out, of course, when ET left and went home. But looking at it now, I mean, it's you know, it's just as much a story about divorce and broken homes and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and um, it's a really cool. Um, he's got a really good eye talking about Mr. Spielberg, of course, a really good eye about suburbia and um, you know the way he can make neighborhoods look and how they feel and stuff like that. And Poltergeist and some of the other stuff he did in the '80s, he had a really good. Um, Eye for that. Um, Yeah. Speaking of that, so when you were filming ET in particular, um, you know, was there anything, did you have any kind of special feeling on the set? I mean, did you have a sense? Oh gosh,
1: we, yeah, we all knew that we were making something really special. I mean, the script, when I read the script, um, I called my agents and I said, well, I don't know how much this is going to do for me. But I think it's going to do a lot for the world, and I want to be a part of this film. And uh, I think everybody, uh, everybody knew there was something really special that transcended just movies, you know. And and it does. It um, I I have so many stories of healing, and um, just just really amazing stories that are connected to this movie Mm -hmm. and having this movie in, in your life. And, um, so I'm, I'm just really honored to, to be a part of that. That's going to, I think go on forever. It's definitely our wizard of Oz. Oh, absolutely. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I believe it will be around forever because, it's a heart movie mm-hmm. that is about truth. And that transcends eras and, you know, ages. And I love it. The last convention I went to, I had a four-year-old and a 90-year-old at my table at the same time for E.T. Wow. Oh,
5: that's
1: so <laughs> sweet. That's so special. Yeah. Yeah. But
3: that movie honestly changed
1: Changed people's
3: lives. I mean, it changed. It changed media and it changed the movie business. But it it changed the lives of a lot of people. So I, I can't imagine being involved with something like that that's just so
1: worldwide.
3: It's a well, legacy, really.
1: It's, it, absolutely, it's part of my legacy. I'm sure when they lower me into the ground, they're going to be playing the theme for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good theme. Mr., like Mr., Mr.
0: John Williams is a genius. So. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny you said that, because we actually had that on one of our notes, that it's kind of, uh, you know, it's it's up there with Wizard of Oz and like going with the Wind. I mean, it's a uh, once-in-a-lifetime kind of a film. Um, yeah, and, um,
1: Peter Pan, you See, and isn't that interesting that most of those films that we've just mentioned also address the truth of the human spirit.
5: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, Mm -hmm. um, the end of The Wizard of Oz, you had the power all along, Dorothy, to get Mm -hmm. back to home. Yeah. Right? And um, uh, you you keep your heart open, and you get back to home. Mm -hmm. And Peter Pan. You want to get to home. Think happy thoughts, which yeah. is keep your heart open, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, so we we keep hearing it. We keep hearing it through um, the good book. We keep hearing it through the great movies. And and so you would think we would wake up and maybe embrace the truth of living in love. Yeah. And how powerful that is, but no, we're we're still fighting. <laughs>
2: right it's crazy.
1: Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, but it's something that we obviously crave so much if we you know if we respond so strongly to those kind of movies, so that's a beautiful thought to we just keep
1: wanting it. We just need to figure out how <laughs> to get there. well, i I it, look, I teach day. you know that the other thing I do is is. Uh, I'm a clairaudient channel and I have a whole healing practice and it's easy. Everybody knows how to love everybody. Mm-hmm. If you've loved a dog or a cat or a rainbow, right? Or mm-hmm. a place to go like Hawaii for me, you mm-hmm. know how to love and if we could just love ourselves that much and do what's in our highest good, which is live in this state of love. It's It's so simple but we've got to choose to do it. That is so damn right.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: You're so right.
3: Oh man. That was, I'm just, I am beside myself. You're just so wonderful. I can't, this is like my, my biggest wish for having you on, <laughs> on our podcast coming true. You're just so delightful. Um, oh,
5: man, I won't. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> uh, again, I could go on. Um, Take a, take a couple of seconds um, to describe working with Spielberg. Um, obviously, he wasn't at his peak at that time.
1: Um, oh, well, I had think to he was be. at his peak as a director. Oh, he, yeah. He hadn't accomplished his, well, I don't know. I, I kind of consider E.T. as his peak. And a lot of other movies right. that he's done too.
3: I guess but, as as he was making it, it hadn't. He hadn't really. You know that was his. That was his culmination. That was his. That was his masterpiece. Um,
1: mm. Well, yeah, and now he's had a lot more, right? <laughs> but uh, Stephen Stephen's like uh, working with a guy next door. Um, he knows what he wants. And he knows who he wants. And he does it in a very quiet, powerful way. And um, so he puts together the cast that represents, you know, exactly the emotional quality that he wants, like my vulnerability. And um, the and if you've ever seen Henry Thomas's screen test i think it's on the internet that people can pull up you know all of uh, all of that he he put together the the perfect combination and then he has the vision and then he allows everybody their own creativity which is so incredibly important guys um, mm. So much in TV right now, uh, you know, the producers or the writers—they don't want a word change. They don't want you to stray or or play with or you know. And I, I think it really—it's damaging to the creative um, process. And that's why I love to work with Rob because it's like, oh, let's try this and not. I'll say, what about that? And he'll go, Oh my God, that's great. And then we, we could <laughs> it. and that's when the magic happens, right? And then the camera guy goes, mm-hmm. Hey, I can get that from this angle. And everybody gets excited
0: mm-hmm. about
1: exercising their own creativity. And yeah. that's when the magic happens. Yeah. And all the big guys I've worked with, Blake Edwards and Peter Jackson, and Joe Dante and Lewis Teague, and 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 Stephen they all do that. All of them. They they are open in the moment to the magic. And there's nothing better, at least for this actor, than walking into that.
5: Mm. So yeah, cool.
0: At that point, it becomes more of a collaboration instead of you being a robot and just read your lines and stand on your mark and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And anything artistic should be mm-hmm. a collaboration. Yeah. I mean, even if Absolutely. you're a painter, you're collaborating with the paints and the canvas mm-hmm. and, you know, your divine inspiration, if you will. So you have to collaborate with other energy, you know, uh, otherwise, creation gets pretty limited.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. Um, we actually have a question too from our listener Randy he's our friend and dedicated podcast listener, and he loves e t so he's just gonna die of happiness when he hears this <laughs> podcast. talk about this um He has tons of memorabilia, and he has introduced e t to his kids, and they all love it together um and he actually has a question that he wants to ask you. Uh, what was your experience like working with the child
1: actors on the movie? And do you keep in touch with any of them? Well, interestingly enough, I'm going uh, to appear for the first time with uh, both Robert and Henry at Horror Hound.
4: Nice. Oh, oh awesome I love this that. Coming,
1: yeah, this coming weekend. So we're we're hoping to have a really Good big show. It's it's the first time we've done a convention together. But to answer your question, working with them as child actors, we're like working with other adults. Mm, I mean, amazing. (laughs) even, Even little Drew, you know. Now, playing as many mothers as I've played in my life, I am become kind of very protective of the kids that I work with. And, but they were just, they were all just professional and magic. And, you know, Stephen worked with them so well. He would like, he would like go, okay, do now take a bite of your hamburger and now say this. And now look at your mom <laughs> and take a bite. So they were always in the moment. Right? They, they mm-hmm. the moment and, and that's how you oftentimes get really good performance from especially the younger, you know, kids. But I would even hear Henry go, Hey, what about this, Stephen? What about what if I do this? <laughs> you know? And he would bring in his ideas and oftentimes Stephen liked them. And um so I I really like working with kids. They 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 mm-hmm. have no agenda. They're just there in the moment, unless their moms have <laughs> <laughs> <been severe laughs> about right. stuff. And and they're I, I mean Danny Pintaro and Cujo. Oh my God! I thank mm-hmm. God every day I woke up that I got that kid.
4: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. No, I mean,
1: absolutely. can you imagine doing Cujo with? a kid that wasn't present and couldn't act, I would have killed myself.
2: So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it would have been rough.
0: Yeah, you hear stories about some, you know, child actors being worse than others, so. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: well, I have never run into them, I've got to say. <laughs> uh, the kids that I've worked with, and I've worked with a lot of them in mm-hmm. my career, have always uh, they've they've just been great and talented, and um, so present, and easy to connect with. Well,
4: speaking of Cujo, that's kind of what we wanted to touch on next, um, which is one of our favorite movies, absolutely, (laughs) and so scary. I couldn't imagine seeing that in the 1980s on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, yeah. I just couldn't imagine. But what was it like working with the, the, the trained canines, I should say, and uh, spending the last part of the movie in your car.
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you I never want to see a pinto ever again in my life.
4: <laughs> I, I had, believe
1: that. I um, <laughs> believe that. <laughs> you know, I think it's a huge testament to um, Lewis and Yon de Bont, Um the the creativity and all the different ways they put together a shooting inside that car to keep it interesting and alive and different and, and yet totally capture the claustrophobia mm-hmm. of being trapped in there with all that fear going on. Um, you know, and it was in Northern California in November, we were freezing to death and it looks like we're dying of the heat yeah um, mm-hmm. uh, again, a lot because of the lighting and and the camera work mm-hmm. and the acting. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. oh, I'll take a little bit of credit for that.
3: Yeah for sure. I mean you well we I mean I can probably speak for everybody that's ever watched Cujo's we you feel that fear. That is probably one of the the top movies where you feel scared just watching it. Like a genuine well, fear. You. What if I was in that position? What if I was stuck in that car? Because for me, uh-huh. more so than, you know, a rabid dog, I, I have claustrophobia. So that kind of doubled it up for me. You bet. What would I do? Mm -hmm. How would I get through that? And the more that you think about it, the more you scare yourself. And that, in my opinion, is like one of the truest and most pure forms of horror ever is like really pandering to like real fears. So Mm. that was a hard watch for me. I, I mean, I watched it fairly young and to be completely honest, I haven't watched it much since because it freaks me out. (laughs) Oh, you're
1: so wussy!
3: <laughs> you know what? Now, just because you said that, as soon as we hop off
1: this, you know, this, morning, I'm just going to go show down. me. You're, so huh? you're going to go
3: watch it. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm going to show you. Here it is. I'm watching it. I know this.
1: <laughs> well, again, you know, Dan Blatt just uh, put together some really great talent behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Uh, and um, in front of the camera, and um, that's, you know, you're three-fourths of the way home when you have a good team.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a quick Cujo story. So I actually, I was attacked by a dog when I was about one. Um, it, it bit me underneath my eye and ripped the skin Ooh. down to my jaw, so barely missed going blind and stitches and facial you know, plastic surgery and all that stuff. So, my parents thought it was a good idea to let me watch Cujo when I was about six, and <laughs> God um, so the the accident coupled with that movie. It took me a long time to get near dogs and comfortable with dogs, and even if I like you know go to a friend's house and the dog's there and starts barking, I instantly just kind of <laughs> freeze up and stuff. So,
1: well, um, yeah, that's that's a real sense memory in yourself cells, mm-hmm, yeah. and you know what's interesting is that your body reacts to that before your brain even knows what's going on. Yep, exactly.
2: Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So that, so it's, yeah, well, I, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: Well, and that was of course, you know, Stephen King story. So his mind works in different ways. Naturally. But, but that's an interesting movie because it's kind of like, um, it's kinda of like E. T. because you're it's dealing with the, the family, the broken family aspect and you know, like you were talking about, like, um you know, I think people can relate to your character because even if you don't have a child, just doing everything you can to protect that child. Um, you know, so it works on a lot of different levels. I, I rewatched it uh, not too long ago. And I mean, it still holds up. It's, it's very well done. So,
1: yeah, it um, does. Yeah, it so. sure does. I,
0: Thank I you. humbly called it one of the scariest movies of the eighties. Cause it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a knockout. <laughs> so.
1: mm-hmm. Well, and it's, you know, I, I think part of like you, part of the fear of the movie is that it could really happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, has happened. I mean, hmm. almost all of us know somebody somewhere that's been by a not-so-nice dog. Even though most doggies, my dog's looking at me going, what? Yeah.
4: Oh, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Most happened
3: to my husband so, when we were, you know, older. He was an adult, and it was terrifying. I wasn't even there and I was scared, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I have three, I actually have uh, a puppy of the dog that attacked my husband and he's laying on the bed beside me, chewing his bone and he's six years old now. So, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it can definitely make you nervous to watch that movie and then you get a little jittery around dogs, but I've, you know, I'm a, I've been a dog owner for years and that's an entirely different subject that (laughs) We don't have time for, but <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Coming from a dog mom, let's hear about let's hear about the dogs. Were they the? they were thirteen. Um, well, the dogs, wow. twelve or thirteen.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh um, uh, Saint Bernards, all trained to go after different toys. <laughs> so we literally had to tie their tails down with uh, um, wire. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean nice wire you know we had a vet let me tell you those dogs were taken better care of than I was <laughs> of
3: course, for sure it doesn't surprise me mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, but boy Carl Miller our trainer it just a beautiful beautiful man and those dogs were trained within an inch of their lives and um, just I mean, challenging, of course, when you're working with an animal and a five-year-old kid, you have Mm. to be on every single solitary minute, right? Because as soon as the dog and the kid work in the same take, they print it. (laughs) So uh, if you weren't present at your (laughs) SOL, dude. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) that. So, um, but yeah... uh, Uh, again, just Cujo was definitely the hardest thing I have ever done in my life uh, in the business. And it's Mm. my favorite movie. Nice. I'm just really proud of my work in it. So
3: so you would say that that's your, is that your favorite movie that you've ever worked
1: on? It's my favorite movie to watch my work yeah oh, okay I,
3: okay i got you
1: i you I didn't know think. i mean there were certainly movies that were a lot more fun
3: to work mm-hmm. on
5: yeah
3: oh
1: but yeah i'm sure being really...
3: trapped in a car yeah really, uh... <laughs> i'm sure the process wasn't that that you know that uh that all fun and games
1: but you, you watch that movie and that's your movie where
3: you feel the most rewarded
1: yeah, I feel like I went as far as I could go, as honestly as I could go there. You watch mm. it, and you're like,
3: damn, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I can do this acting thing,
3: yeah. You, you absolutely you. deserve to feel it, Feel that way. <laughs> don't don't be humble when it comes
4: to that. You know you're good. you got to say it. Um, yeah. I did see that Stephen King said that he felt you gave the best performance of – the adaptation of his books, which I think is so cool. Yeah,
1: he's very, very genu- genuine, generous, generous <laughs> with his comments about that, and okay. um, you know, went so far as to say I should have received the Academy Award for that. Of course, you know, unfortunately in our business, they don't they don't acknowledge performances or films. Um, in that genre much.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. Mm,
1: yeah. And, um, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a shame.
0: Yeah. It's also, um, not to, not to date anyone, but it's also the 35th anniversary of that this year, so, it's a big year. Oh my <laughs> God, is it really?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 30. Well, I must be 45 then. I was thinking, I was thinking, you you look
0: very, very young for a mother in that film, so, <laughs> um, um well moving along th- this one's kind of a uh, i don't know a, a wide sweeping quest- question but you you've popped up in several you know what we would call like fun or cult classic films um critters popcorn the frighteners which i love saw it at the theaters love that movie um recently you were also in um, house of the devil which is um, I don't know, that's almost going on 10 years now, but, you know, in this one story. of my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so, we have a question about that in a second, but what, so, I know each part's different, each script's different, sometimes you're just attached to the director, sometimes it's, hey, you can go, you know, be in Hawaii for a month, you know, I get all that, but what initially draws you to the part and what makes you want to be involved in the film? Is it any specific, is it just the script? Is it the...
1: Oh, yeah, it's the script, the script and the part. I mean, um, if I, (laughs) it drives my agents crazy because... It's like don't let me read it if you don't want me to do it. Mm-hmm. Because once <laughs> I read a script, if the part gets inside of me and takes me over, it's like no, I got to do this part now. Mm-hmm. And and the parts that I love uh, most are more weird, far out kind of character mm-hmm. things. Even I mean, I and I love. Being challenged emotionally, I I don't like easy stuff. I guess yeah. <laughs> I, I really like I really like to dig deep and find out what makes the character tick and um, you know, call myself to rise to the occasion and and deal with all the emotional. Uh, the, I, those are the kind of parts that I would love. I uh, Mary, multifaceted. And you can tell she's a mom. She was the first single mom on Big Screen, by the way. Um, she's going through heart and cross She's like, how am I going to make ends meet? I've got to go to work. I can't stay home with my sick kid. What the hell is in my house? you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Emotionally, I mean, for I'm, she's all over the place, right? She, I, I, I had to dig so deeply for Donna that they treated me for exhaustion. Oh wow. Hey. Because every scene was, why do I break down? How do I break down? How much do I break down? Mm-hmm. Which way do I break down? You know, and still keeping it very, 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 very real so mm-hmm. that you don't break down just for the sake of breaking down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, that's what really my boat. I'm. Finalizing. <laughs> I think wouldn't interested in doing this in my career. But I, she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy and and moody, and you never know where she's going to go. And oh. I like this lady. I want. I want to get inside that lady, right? So, you know, that really is what what rocks my boat the most. Um, easy TV roles, just you know, you can, you can go make a paycheck, but it really doesn't rock my creative boat. Yeah.
3: You want to, uh, you know, find something that you could pour yourself into? I guess.
1: Yep. Lose myself in.
3: Really, really Absolutely. Work, work for that reward of seeing this film where you're like, again, like I said earlier, damn, I'm good because you put the work in it into it and you, you can say stuff like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think see, I look at the ego as an opposite thing as most people. I think mm-hmm. the ego holds you back. It, it You know, and and we all go, oh, well, it's egotistical to say how great you are. I think it's egotistical not to. Right. Because Uh if you don't love yourself enough to know your magnificence and Mm -hmm. how special you are, then you don't bring your power into the world. And, And I mean, bringing your power in... Not force, but power in, in a great way that, that um, well, entertains the world and affects the world and changes the world in, in different ways. And if you limit yourself from doing that, that's the most egotistical thing you can do, is turn yourself down and take yeah. that beauty of you out of the world. Yeah,
0: that's true. I love,
4: I
1: love that yeah that's great advice.
2: I just like I feel like I needed to hear that too. so thank you absolutely. I
1: think we all need to hear it maybe i mm-hmm. because from time immemorial, we've been taught the opposite by people mm-hmm. who didn't know, and you know when people say well i'm I'm afraid I'll misuse my power, you know and abuse it. Well, if you always come from love, love is the most powerful force on this earth. And you can't misuse your power Mm -hmm. if you know clearly that you want to direct it through love.
3: Agreed. Agreed. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. Kindness and kindness and love. That's what it should always be. But and we've
1: heard it forever and ever and ever. So when are we all going to start living it? I mean, Amen, sister.
3: Amen. Yeah. Speaking of love, this is, I specifically asked for this question um, because, <laughs> um, overall, things probably, I would say, over Rob Zombie, I am a fan of The Office. <laughs> I watch Jesus. The Office maybe twice a year, um, but you've really worked extensively in television. Um, the New Lassie. Uh, Murder, She Wrote, General Hospital, you got an Emmy, congratulations. Thank um, you. So you, you've really been on a lot of stuff. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what it was like to work on The Office, um, what it was like to be Andy's mom, and really what what do you look for in television in your roles, and what's the major differences, I guess, because honestly, if we want to get super technical about it, they're two completely different businesses. I mean, they are, but it's just the the differences can be really, really stark. So what, between talk to us TV a little bit. Film? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just you're on sometimes yeah. you're on these tiny sets where you you know you're not. It's not as much freedom. I mean, I guess it is depending on who you work with. Oh, but, for
1: sure, it's not. Yeah. For yeah. sure, it's not. Not these days. It right. used to be. It used yeah. to be you know acting was acting was acting, and everything was a collaborative effort and you know now now actors and directors are much more limited in our business and and i I think it's too bad um I'm, i I'm sure there are some actors who run their sets, uh, otherwise they wouldn't be doing t v um, but for the most part, it's a lot more limiting. but doing the office, uh, I was, I was actually quite surprised because everything is pretty scripted. Mm. It's just shot like it's improvised. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so you, you really are, um, uh, you know, I, I thought you would go in and have a lot more freedom to play around with some ideas and stuff. But it was uh, it was pretty structured. Did we have fun? You bet. You can't help it. But have fun. <laughs> Especially,
3: that talent. episode is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And just yeah. being part of, you know being part of that crazy family, being part of the Bernard family, I'm sure it was absolutely just outrageous, <laughs> despite being scripted, because you're you're surrounded by some of the funniest
1: people ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, on and off screen, I might add. And nice <laughs> people. Uh, the, the people on the set were just really, you know, sweet. They're nice. And that makes a big difference, too, because, trust me, I've been on quite a few sets with assholes. Not (laughs) as much fun. Yeah. You know? Mm. Assholes don't tend to be a lot of fun. It's like life's too long. You know? Life's just too long to work with the assholes anymore. I just don't do it. I just don't. I don't want to do it. I don't need to work that much. Thank you very much. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Not worth it. I heard that. (laughs) Don't shit on my life Mm -hmm. because that's the most important thing i've got going for me right now so if i'm going to go in to have an experience i want to have a great experience Mm -hmm. you know don't uh don't don't invite that negative energy in don't rain on my parade exactly (laughs) right exactly
2: Uh, well, you've brought, speaking of people who you actually like to work with, you've brought up Rob Zombie a couple of times, and we love him. I know KB loves him, talks about him all the time, is amazing. And I know you mentioned him a couple of times, so I'd just love to hear even more about how's working with Rob Zombie. How did that partnership come to be? Uh,
1: the first thing I did with Rob was Halloween his remake of Halloween. I don't call it a remake. I call it a Rob make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. It's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it was definitely his own, you know, take on it. And um, it, and he brought in a lot of, you know, the old horror icons to, um, to come in and do different parts for him. And so, I mean, that was... It was so. Oh my God! I felt like I died and gone to heaven. We had three or four cameras that were handheld the whole time, and again, it was, it was. Oh, I got an idea. Oh my God! What about this? Oh, we could do that. Oh, you know. And he's just, he's just open to, to all that wonderful, beautiful creativity. And then I did Lord of Salem with him, and. You know, I remember the moment where uh, we had just given Sherry to the devil, and I'm sitting in my room and I'm going, "Wait! Up until this moment in the film, I've been playing a facade to everybody—this kind of cupie doll, you know, little little character that's kind of kind of a airhead healer." And I went, but that's not, and I got up and went to Rob, and I said, Rob, I can't look like this the rest of the film. This isn't who she is. This was a facade she was putting on. And it's just, I, I I'm, it's like I got bugs crawling at me because it's a lie now. And he looked at me, and he took like two beats, and he went, okay, you got 10 minutes. I <laughs> oh, Love it. I ran, you know, to the. Uh, I, I ran to the hair and makeup, and I said, "You got to slick me back. You've got to, you know, make me a lot harder now, because this is <laughs> this is who she really is, is oh, that's you know." And, and yeah. but that's what I mean. I got that hit, and then I took it to him, and he saw the value in it. And trusted me enough, you know, that we all started playing together then, and then that spurred some of the other actors to go different ways and and come up with some different. I mean, it was thats the magic, and and it happened with Blake Edwards. It happened with Steven Spielberg. The the uh, dinner table scene, you know, when he says. Um, the dad's in Mexico so what happened to me was I took such an emotional hit and I started to get really emotional and I thought I don't want the kids to see me crying so I got up and left and after cut Stephen hmm. cut somebody goes Dee, what happened why, why did that happen and I explained to him what went on, and he went, oh, my God, that's great. Okay, so 30 minutes, you guys have to, to make the, the sink. I, I need a kitchen sink with running water. You got 30 minutes. And they built it right there. They took me over to the sink so that he could bring me back into that big close-up where I says, he hates Mexico and all that happened to a wow. of the finger because I got emotionally moved and got up and left the table mm. but he didn't so say awesome. you know he didn't say hey that's not what my storyboards look like mm-hmm. you know I want to go back and don't get up D. I, you know I don't care if that was a real moment no he went oh my god that's a real moment let's expand it
3: yeah you have, have to trust say, your actors Well, you have yourself
1: feel those things,
3: right? Right. Yeah, and
1: yourself, and your DP, and your editor, and it's just that's when the magic happens. And I mean, Peter Jackson, same thing happened. It's just you know the big guys trust that process. They know that's where the magic is. Well, and.
3: I mean, in my opinion, like I said, this is coming from a major fangirl. I think Rob Zombie is a visionary. His music oh, for sure. his I mean, I, I obviously have been a fan of his music for a really long time. His visions for his music videos were all always just so I mean different. They no one does those things other than him. So when he when he started working on movies, I knew it was going to be a really spectacular thing. Um, But what I really want to actually ask you about was how was working with Patricia Quinn, because I am a former (laughs) member of a Rocky horror cast and Magenta happens to be my favorite character. I met Patricia Quinn once and she was the funniest
1: lady I've ever met. (laughs) She is. (coughs) She is. And we uh, are friends now. There was a little tension on the set when we were doing Lords of Salem Mm -hmm. Um, because I had worked with Rob before and I went in expecting all of this um, in the moment, you know, kind of um, moving in and out of whatever felt. Well, you know, they're English trained actresses. They, They don't like improv. They wanted to stick right to the script and what we had decided to do. Right. And and so, you know, like like any actors first coming together, you, you have to really feel each other out and get to know each other and find out how to work together. So once we got on top of that, then everything was great. And Patricia and I since have become friends, and we see each other at the conventions. We had dinner last time, and and, um, I, and I think she's just freaking amazing in the movie. Oh, absolutely!
3: So, uh, that was one of the coolest moments for me. where not only were you in it, and it was a Rob Zombie movie, but Patricia Quinn was in it. So
1: that I will was, be sure and tell her.
3: Oh that yeah, that uh. I never played Magenta. I was always Columbia, but Magenta is still my favorite character. So, yeah, that was, that was a really cool. I always, always kind of geek out a little bit when I, watch, when I watch you guys work
1: together. Well, we'll take all the geek outs we can get. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, speaking of people you've worked together with, your daughter is also an actress, which is so cool. Um, yeah,
1: beautiful actress too. So, I'm proud of
4: so her. awesome. So, what's it like working with her, and what kind of advice do you, you give her?
1: Well, we really respect each other uh, on the set. I, I, I always am conscious of approaching that as working with another actress, not working with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she did study with me. She's also studied with a lot of other really great people and um, I know she came up and asked my uh, opinion about something but I don't give her advice unless she approaches me and asks me. Not my job to do with another actor. She has incredibly good instincts, and she certainly has my emotional chops. She has a very different quality than I do. She's got a, a tougher, more mature quality than I had at that age. I just wreak this vulnerability it's sometimes to my great dismay. Blake Edwards used to say, "You know." He, I could stand nine little old ladies up and let you shoot them in cold blood, and the audience would go, "Oh, poor dear, it's something <laughs> that happened to her when she was <laughs> little." <laughs> had, she had to do it. I love
3: she it. had no choice. What did
2: those old ladies it do to her? One. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I'm, um, 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 I'm, I'm really hoping um, Gabrielle and I have a couple of things that we're. Uh, We're having one project written for us Uh now that we do together. And um, we're discussing a film with uh, someone who wants us both to come in and and do a couple of parts for him. And it's a really, really good script. So, you know, we don't go out of our way to work together because we want to stand on our own. But... um, I dare any mother to tell me that if you can't help your kid out, you don't come forward. So, of course, I'm always going to come forward for my kid. It's in trying trying to get her hired or to defend her from any kind of wrong in the world. This mother will be there. You know, I... Part-time player, not very far from who I am in that respect. I can tell
0: you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and you know, a lot of times people they they relate. Um, you know, working on a movie or working on TV is being a part of a family. So I guess literally having your family there is, you know, got to be a perk.
1: I think having your family supporting you anywhere is a perk.
5: Yeah.
1: I'm a, um, we're, we're a big family, family, very close to my brothers, all my nieces and nephews. Just, um, yeah, family, family first for me. Always has been, always will be.
0: Well, that's a good, that's a good philosophy to have, (laughs) especially in that business. um, the so, I don't know. I, it's it's actually happening this week here in the Nashville area. But your um, I th- your most recent um, release is um, uh, the very anticipated Death House, which is um, a lot of people are saying it's kind of like The Expendables of horror. A lot of the classic people are, and I know you and Michael Berryman are back together, and a bunch of other big names. Um, how did you get involved with that project? Um, what was it like working with all the you know all the fellow icons that you, you know that have been famous in the last couple of decades? What, what was it like? Uh, what was that experience like?
1: Um, it was a tough shoot. I, I got involved because uh, I've uh, done a couple of things now with Harrison, the director. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he called me, and I said, of course, of course I'll be there for you. And it, it's interesting, I was very um, intrigued by playing this part. She's kind of like a female Hitler, right? Mm. And ultimately, I didn't like playing the part, because she didn't have a heart. And mm. all my characters are heart driven. And so mm. it was it was a difficult part for me to play uh, because I was I didn't know how to find the core of the character without a heart. It, it was mm. interesting exploration for me. Um, but of course I I loved working with them, and I loved working with all my my friends uh, from the circuit and, and horror films. And um, it's very bizarre, very intellectual, very um, different kind of horror film. Mm-hmm. It's not definitely not gonna run into them, you know. Yeah
0: yeah that's what we're that's what we're hearing so far um michael talked about it a little bit when we interviewed him so um it's getting a lot of buzz and um they're having the
1: well, to know what you think.
0: yeah for sure yes the, they're doing a premiere here in nashville and kane kane hotter is going to be there so um it seems like everybody's kind of getting behind it i know harrison's been around different i think he was in pittsburgh or yeah the pennsylvania area for a thing and then back to yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah so so should be good we're pretty excited about it
3: oh we will we will give you our full reveal <laughs> and i'm sure glowing recommendation of course <laughs> we will be we will be your number one promoters <laughs>
2: We were yes. all
3: over it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually going to jump away from movies um, and talk about your radio show, um, Conscious Creation. So um, tell us a little, yeah. Tell us a little about this. What what brought you to being, um, you know, what do you call it? Can you call it self help? You because obviously this entire time well, you've been I'm, giving us this grand advice, which is. You know, so awesome. I feel like I feel very blessed that we're getting to talk about scary stuff and life with you. So I know the yeah, two yeah. sides of D Wallace here, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a... what makes you so so magnificent is that you are this like very positive, very you know, kind human being, but then you love scary stuff, and that's very, very
1: rare. Uh, You know, I'm a clear audience channel, which means I hear uh, messages. And um, when my husband of 18 years, Christopher Stone, that starred in a lot of movies with me, uh, died, I kind of fell to my knees and said, I want a way we can heal ourselves. And within seconds, uh, I got the first message, which was, use the light within you to heal yourself. I'm still learning what that means. Uh, but I i must say, I've been doing this for 25 years now. Uh, people are just really discovering that I've been doing it for 25 years. I have a, a free call-in show every 9 a.m. Pacific time uh, on Blog Talk Radio uh, that goes out all over the world uh, where people can call in and ask questions for guidance from the channel and that it the whole work has really developed into how the creation process works how to do it um where a lot of us are falling out uh, from it and really how to take the power of you Because you are, on this plane, the God of you, right? Mm -hmm. You pick your thoughts, you pick your choices, you pick your feelings, you pick your focus, and all those things create your life. So how do you take responsibility for that so that you can create the life you want instead of the life of fear and limitation that you've been taught to accept because eons ago, they said, well, we can't teach them the real truth. We can't make them that powerful because then we won't be all powerful.
5: Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. to
1: take their power away. And now it's up to us to go, you know what? I'm getting it back. This is BS. I'm not buying this anymore. Yeah. So in a nutshell, I, I teach the creation process. I teach love. I certainly teach self-love. And um, uh, I I know that that's what it's all about. That's the creation of everything. And and the more we can love ourselves and be powerful in the knowing that we are in charge of creating and and manipulating our own energy toward what we want, um, the more truly powerful we are in this world.
3: And it's really cool that you're saying all of this because in I mean in my day job um I'm a leader so I really have to to make sure people that are you know using their time in a positive way and being their best self um in business but I've also kind of become a life coach at work. Everyone always comes to me with advice, and I always tell people, you are in control of whether a situation is negative or positive. You can make things positive if you really want to, and you can do the things that you feel like you need to do in your life to make it positive. The only thing that's stopping you is you. And, and I've turned into this weird, like... <laughs> You know, everybody comes to me with their their life problems now. But I mean, it, it's it's totally it's totally right if if you want to act with love and compassion and positivity, you can. The only person, oh that's yeah, not letting you do that is it's yourself. You. Yeah, you nobody's bet. making you. Yeah, And I mean, nobody's
1: making you be negative. But, You're choosing that. You know, also, now. we're we're taught we're taught to judge. Absolutely, mm-hmm. we're taught to be in fear. These are learned things. Babies don't come in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that way at all. Uh, We're taught to compete. We're taught to, uh, you know, struggle and fight. That if somebody hurts you, even though we learned a long time ago to turn the other cheek, which means look away from the negative toward the positive. It doesn't mean be a wuss. And non-powerful. But you see, we're never taught that love is more powerful than all that other stuff.
5: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And until we decide to own the truth for ourselves, we're not going to turn that around.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense in like the current climate. I mean, the United States has been at war I think 90, 90 to 95% of the time we've been a country, you know, and, you know, it, it keeps coming back to kind of what you're saying. I mean, the the answer is very simple and very obvious, but, you know, for example, like war, you know, why do we keep going to war? Why don't we just try to go for peace? And it's like, well, there's no money in peace, you know, there's money in yep. war and, you know, holding people back and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think, I think that what you're talking about is, you know very relevant for for you know our modern time yeah
1: we 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 are a world that has lost its Mm self-integrity i think Mm. you know so uh, uh you know if you watch an hour of tv you will get about 50 messages of sickness
0: oh totally Mm-hmm. You're going
1: to get sick. You're going to get sick at this age. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the medicine that you should be on. By the way, it's probably going to make you feel really crappy, but you really better get it because, oh, my God, these are the symptoms. Do you have any? And if you're not conscious, your subconscious goes, okay. Well, that sounds like me.
3: I might as well. You know, I guess I I have to do this. Mm
1: -hmm. I accept this message instead of knowing that you are the creator of your own wellness Mm -hmm. in every subject, money, relationships, success, health, everything. But until we all accept that, then we are created by all the outside forces that are coming into us.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense.
3: Hmm. Yep. Wow. Just it's like you have to take a moment to like really take all of this in. I feel like my, <laughs> <know>. life, is, <laughs> well, my life is being I, I invite, changed on so many different levels today. <laughs> I invite everybody
1: to check out my website. And find and, out more about this stuff and because please, it's really empowering. Please
3: take this moment to give give us your you know your websites, what your book names are, your social media. Please, we would we would love to to have all of that and, and give our listeners all of that so they can you know listen to you and
1: and keep up with you if they don't already. Well, my website is I am a m. I am dwallets.com. Can't get any easier than that, guys. (laughs) There's a lot of free stuff on my website to listen to to start you off. Um, I have a fabulous webinar on uh, how uh, to get unstuck next uh, Wednesday. Not tomorrow, but a week from Wednesday. Um, there's just a lot of stuff on the website. My, my radio shows every Sunday morning. I do private sessions every day all across the world. Uh, you can sign up, but I am Dwallace.com. And um, you know if you want to email me about anything, it comes right into my office. So um, I don't I think my Twitter is D underscore Wallace. And, and Facebook is at Real D. Wallace, I believe. And, um, you can find me everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
3: I'm uh, very sure that the majority of the people listening already have all of
1: your social media. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Yeah, You know, I have a lot of things on YouTube now Mm. and, um, yeah, just get getting the word out there as much as I can. <laughs> I
0: love it. Uh, is the uh, is the phone number to call in? I guess that's the, they'll find that easily on your website.
1: Yeah, it's right on the homepage. Okay, of my website. Yeah,
0: awesome. perfect. Um, and it is it is D underscore Wallace on your Twitter. We follow each other, so I found that. Oh, out. thank you. Um, <laughs> and then the Instagram is the D Wallace. So those are the two social medias. So.
1: The D. Wallace. The D.
0: Wallace. Um, yes, I am. <laughs>
1: cool.
0: Well, um, I think that about wraps it up. We appreciate your time. We, we went a little bit longer than we were planning on our end. I don't know if we told you or not, but, yeah, we went a little bit longer. So we appreciate your time. Uh, this has been an awesome conversation. and um, It has, guys.
3: Yeah, we again, so, so I'm very honored. So such very a pleasure. To have you here.
0: And we'll, yes. Uh, thank you. We'll keep up with your schedule and see if there's any cons nearby. If we end up being at the same show, we'll be sure to come say hey and um, put a put a, a what is it? What am I trying to say? Put face with the voice, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, we of course we well, know you what better. Like, but Gina, come
1: over and yeah. say hey if you're at any of the com- conventions or mm-hmm. any of my public appearances. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: yeah. For sure. And
3: make if if you're not already scheduled for it, make a trip to Nashville.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just there shooting a movie. Oh, oh, really? In, in Franklin? In oh, Franklin.
3: wow! That's
1: where I work. <laughs>
3: yeah, I work.
1: Didn't have much time, unfortunately, <laughs> to get into Nashville. I wish right. I had, but wow. Well, in but the next future, time we would
3: love yeah. to have you.
1: All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, thank, thank you, D. D. thank you, D. D. Thank, you thank you so much. Well. Well. Right, bye, bye.
0: All right, so we're back. Um, yeah, so uh, what did what did what did you guys think? How was that?
2: An she's, absolute legend. She's yeah. a she's a magical, beautiful human. Yeah, you could just tell pleasure.
4: It's
2: like I want her. I want to hang out with her all the time. I yeah. <laughs> Just do. Yeah. She. I just want her to like. I want to call into the show anytime I have a small issue. Just please help me. Cause you're so great. Yes. <laughs> help me. So it's really cla- like
3: straight up class act.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. So I'm, I hope everyone loves it just as much as we loved it. It was an honor. It was great.
0: Yeah. I, um, it, it's always one of those, you know, I think we've mentioned it before. Um, but you don't know how people are going to act until you, you know, sit down and talk with them. Some people have the reputation of being difficult to work with, and you know, egotistical or whatever. Um, she wasn't any of that stuff, and um, you know, it was kind of a. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too far, you know, talking about her husband that passed away, Chris Stone. He's he was in um, the Howling with her and Cujo and. They actually were on the Lassie TV show together, so that was something they did. That was another oh thing. Gosh. So they worked a lot together, and um, but it, it's it's cool that she's you know gotten her new um, I don't want to call it business, but her new um, the radio show and all that kind of stuff that came out of of his passing. So um, mm-hmm. so that was that was interesting to to, re- to hear her talk about that stuff and. Talk about her daughter and how she's you know starting in the business now too and um, so she yeah. was a
3: class act yeah
0: she was straight she, up she class wasn't act. afraid to drop a couple bombs which is nice um, she put her, <laughs> put her guard down pretty quick so
1: yeah mad yeah. respect yeah
0: so cool um so we're gonna go straight to the socials and all of that stuff so Kayla's gonna do that
2: Yep, so you guys can always find us at Music City Horror pretty much everywhere. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, We also have a new Patreon, because that's the thing that podcasts do. So (laughs) we have a Patreon, Um, and it is just Patreon. Uh, Let me double-check. Patreon.com slash Music City Horror, and you can go there. And if you like what we do, you can... Um, give us money, and we can pay you back with even more awesome stuff. So um, <laughs> Patreon is just is just a fun way for us to uh, get ourselves out there even more and uh, connect with you guys again. So we appreciate you guys checking it out and checking us out on social media too.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of a, you know, we don't really have a goal per se, so it's not like, you know, give us money so we can pay for our electric bill. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, podcasting does have a few expenses. Um, we're going to uh, have t-shirts soon, um, you know, paying for the website, paying for artwork. I mean, there are a few things that come along with, with doing this. So, um, you know, there have been a few people that have asked, you know, what what – where are y'all at? Where, where, how can I help? Whatever. And this is just a, you know, if you want to give us a dollar a month, then, you know, you sign up on the website and it just docks your um, your debit card once a month for a dollar. And, you know, and if we get 100 people doing that, that's 100 bucks. And that's, you know, that's 100 more bucks than we have right now. So... Um, <laughs> And if we get to certain points, you know, I think I think I, it made me create a, a goal on the to start up. So if we get a hundred dollars a month, uh, we'll start um, taking um, uh, questions from you guys and, and, and you know talk about them on the air. Uh, we were on Instagram Live just while we were doing the D Wallace interview, and we had some people asking some questions. Couldn't get to them because of the way the flow was, but. Um, you know, uh, that's something we'll definitely do. And then if we get up to, you know, say two fifty a month, we'll start doing more videos just on the Patreon website that you can only get to on there, and you know, stuff like that. So, um, so again, it's just a something we created to help you guys get involved if you wanted to help us out or you know, um, throw us a buck. So, not mandatory. We'll keep doing this either way. But um, <laughs> yeah but that's i think it um i think we're going to mention oh we did mention the full moon thing um t-shirts are coming um if you happen to come to the the april 13th thing and full moon I i should be here by then and then we'll also have the posters for that event um I don't know how many we're going to end up doing. We might do fifty. We might do thirty. But it'll be a, a limited run. I think we'll do that at each um, each showing. Just a small amount of posters. So you got to be there to get them. And um, if we do have any extra, then we'll have you know put those on the website. So, but, um, but yeah, got some cool stuff working, and um, um, I think that's it. Unless you guys got something.
2: No. Nah. No. Nah. We'll just let you marinate in the brilliance that is Miss D. Wallace. So, yeah, I, think so. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's a good plan. That's a good plan.
0: Well, all right. We will see you next time. And, um, um, oh, I forgot. Um, if you get a chance, um, go to our website and look up um, our previous guest, Linnea Quigley. Um, she, they, Someone set up a GoFundMe for her. Um she evidently hired uh, I guess a contractor to kind of do some work on her house and not only did he leave the house with like black mold and some other crap he like skipped town and ripped her off Oh, so, um, so awful. Yeah, and she's she's so sweet. She's such an awesome person. So, um we've got the link to that GoFundMe um on our on our website, so musiccityhorror.com. Um by the time this airs, it may be down a couple, you know, uh, stories, but try to find that. If you got 10 bucks, whatever, you know, that goes straight to her to kind of get her out of a bond. Um and um yeah, that would be something awesome. I'd rather you do that than give to our Patreon right now. We're, we're okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, when stuff like that happens, it's, um, you know, regardless of how much money she's got or how much she's made, it's just, you know, when something drops on you like that, it's, you know, I think most people would have to scramble, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so somebody awesome has set that up, and uh, we've got the link up on our webpage for that, so... Um, but other than that, we're all done, and uh, we appreciate D. Wallace for joining us again. And um, at some point, I don't know how we're going to top the previous one. You know, it keeps getting better <laughs> every guest. So, um, but we'll keep trying, and we'll talk to everybody next week or next time, whatever.
5: <laughs>
3: bye. <laughs> bye, bye,
0: adios, bye.